0: Reveal Jackson.
1: Uh, We're going to talk about healing today and first time that I heard that healing was, I, well, okay, let me start. Growing up, just, I, I I, can't have like this firm memory, but at the same time, it seems firm in my mind. Me just going and being like, it seems like there's a lot of cool stuff that happened in the Bible. Um, and then here in this traditional church that I was growing up in, which was also free Methodist like this, um, I was like, I just... I don't see it today. And this was me as like a little kid, probably elementary school. Like, does this stuff still happen today? And the memory is foggy, but I just remember the answer being given that basically this stuff happened back in the Bible. It doesn't happen anymore today. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so the Bible went from almost being like super cool, you know, like all these crazy stories of powers that maybe mean something to today to being like, Oh, it was just a moment. Now it's over with. Then I met Ken Brewer in college. And he was teaching my class on doctrines, nonetheless, which doesn't sound super awesome, but it was actually one of my favorite classes. Uh, He's talking on doctrines. And he just pointed out, um, he's just talking nonchalantly. Yeah, so we had this girl who uh, um, had cancer. Very young girl, very unfortunate incident with cancer. And as we all know, like this was, even longer ago so like even more of a death sentence then it's like it's just it's not looking good it's not going well and it seemed like parents were kind of at their last straw and he's like he pointed out you know that's when people are okay with prayer (laughs) for 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 healing and they they pretty much ignore it until suddenly it's like time to to actually go that far because you have no other hope so he goes, and he begins to pray with this girl and his parents. And she heads back to the doctor uh, for another appointment after their prayer session. And the doctor says that the cancer is gone. I remember sitting there, and I'm just like, you can't heal cancer. <laughs> like, and, and my logic was this. If the doctors can't fix it, God can't fix it. Oh, <laughs> you know, like I just like caught myself in mid mid thinking I'm like, Jamie, what are you? Ta- obviously, God can fix it. But I'm like, yeah, well, I've heard about headaches, maybe going away, arm pain, you know, like little things that everyone could recover from. But God healing cancer, that just that that doesn't somehow make sense in my mind, because because I'm looking at the person who prayed and it went away. And I'm Like, I'm supposed to believe that that actually happened. That's just that's crazy. Uh, But nonetheless, I heard the story and I began to process it. And that was just one of about 100 things he said that really got me thinking, like, maybe this stuff still does happen today. Uh, And then I I started asking him to, like, teach me this kind of stuff so that I could, I I want to see God working the same way, just like that child version of myself did, you know, so... I didn't start seeing it happen myself. I remember we're at Spring Arbor University. We're having chapel service. And the chaplain brought up uh, a girl with cancer. Um, Sorry. It was a girl who they thought might have cancer. They were waiting to do the tests. Brings her up in front of the whole school. The whole school gathers around and just starts praying fervently that God would heal her of this. I don't even know how many of these people believed that he would or had charismatic inkling at all but we all joined in prayer not that the doctor's hands would be guided (laughs) but that the cancer would actually go away. She came back uh, I think the following week with the report she did have cancer. Uh, And so here we are just kind of like kind of broken. We prayed We hoped as hundreds of people across Spring Arbor and nothing happened. And then the chaplain's like, we're going to gather around and pray again today. We all gather around. We do the same thing, fervently praying. And then she goes back to the doctor. I think it was a few weeks later, she comes back and the report is out. She doesn't have cancer anymore. And the whole chapel just explodes, erupts into what is happening? Like, it's gone! This does happen! It does work! And then I think we all walked out the door and completely forgot. Like, it's amazing. This happens in healing all the time, where something crazy like this happens. You saw someone who was sick, now they're healed, and now you see them every day. It's normal life again, and you've kind of forgotten the testimony. It's a good reason to write these kinds of things down, to remember, and to be able to pass it on as it happened. But... You also, when you're further down the road, you look back at those moments and you begin to question it. Well, maybe the report the first time was wrong. Maybe maybe she didn't have cancer. Uh, maybe this, maybe that. Maybe I'm not remembering things well. Uh, but when you're there in that moment, like you have to grab that and hold on to that and celebrate that. Because those moments do happen. And it's surprisingly easy to let go of them. Um, even in this room, we've seen... Healings. I've I've seen a. Uh, I remember, Maisha um, Uni is speaking in the back, and her mom likes to interrupt me here all the time. Uh, it's always fun. <laughs> but I was leading worship one time, and her mom comes up to like, Pastor, will you pray for me? I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. So I'm like leaning over. Her. And obviously, she could hardly talk. I was just praying for her. She's like, yes, Lord. Come, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It, like, I watched her voice right in front of me go from, like, hardly being able to talk to suddenly being able to yell. And I'm like, okay, that just happened. <laughs> yeah, like, you want to motivate your worship time. Well, I just did the trick. Um, I've seen other times, too, where uh, um, actually the same person – I. Okay, I think some people have the gift of healing. I'm beginning to wonder if some people have the gift of being healed. (laughs) Because she seems to get healed a lot more than other people. Maybe she's just more sick than other people. I don't know. But she came and she told us that she had a mass on her heart. So we gathered and we prayed. And the report came back, I think a week, two, three weeks later, that the mass was just gone. Or she went to actually have the surgery or something. And when they prep for the work they're like it's not here anymore so we're not going to do the surgery like that's crazy that's the kind even something like that i can look back at in question and forget about and i have to remind myself i had to email her a while back before i reused the message her story in a message like this happened right (laughs) and she's like yep okay i just wanted to make sure i don't think i wrote that one down somewhere like those are crazy stories. Uh, we have other people in this room. Like um, Sometimes we'll just announce from the stage. Like We just have this, I don't know, I, I had this slight sensation like the back of my neck one Sunday a few weeks ago when I was praying. I was like, I don't know, maybe we're supposed to just pray for next today. Uh, and so we put that out there. It was like, hey, we're going to worship during this time. We'll have a prayer team in the back corner. If you would like prayer, uh, they would be happy to pray for you. Just head back there. Also, if your neck hurts, head back there. We had a young girl, I think at the time, uh, head back to get prayed over and it's been hurting all week. It's just gone, which is amazing. Again, to me, because like cancer, you're like, God, you got to fix this. We we can't do anything. But then uh, neck pain, probably going to go away in a few days. And yet God cares enough. Jesus cared enough. When you look at his stories throughout the Bible, uh, was it Martha or Mary? One of them has a headache <laughs> and he or a fever, I think it is. And he heals that. Look, the fever is going to go away. God didn't have to heal that. Jesus didn't have to take time to do that. But apparently it doesn't matter the level of discomfort, whether it's just a little bit or a lot of bit, whether it's going to pass or it's going to kill you. God is gracious enough to bring healing to the most astounding levels. And it's by his spirit that he does that. If you go to the Old Testament, people healed people. Uh, Elijah and Elisha, <laughs> both of them uh, brought a kid back to life. I mean, you want a healing, that's the ultimate healing. They did that. Well, how did they do that? I thought only Jesus could do that. No, it's his Holy Spirit at work, both in Jesus and in the prophets of old and after Jesus. Paul raises the dead after he kills them with a boring sermon. (laughs) If you don't remember that story, there's a kid sitting on the balcony. Paul has been droning on forever. The kid falls asleep and falls to the first floor and dies. And Paul's like, he's only sleeping. Yeah, Paul, cover your butt. That's right. (laughs) And Paul brings him back to life. like. That's the ultimate healing, not just something Jesus did, but something other people, both Old Testament, Jesus, and after Jesus did, because they had the Holy Spirit inside of them. And you hear about those stories, too. Unfortunately, more recently, we've heard of stories where we all joined together to pray for uh, being raised from the dead. Bethel had that whole story going on. They believed that God could do that, which they're right. And Bethel has seen crazier things hard to say that but (laughs) Bethel's seen all kinds of things they asked the world to join and we prayed and it didn't happen it doesn't mean it doesn't happen Mozambique under Heidi Baker's ministry happens all the time where they've seen dozens of people raised from the dead uh, just as they pray for it to happen these are crazy stories and stories that inspire me to say look it doesn't matter what you come to me with I'll pray for healing Uh, We had a girl um, lose her father recently in this church. And I was surprised. that, like the first thought through my mind was, hey, do you want us to pray that he comes back? (laughs) Like what audacity that the Holy Spirit would compel you to be like, hey, you lost him suddenly before service is over. We'd be happy to pray for him to return. Like those are crazy moments. But the more of this you see, the more of it that you'll begin to, to take faith that God can do all things. Um, and I've, I've got plenty of stories that just continue, but i um, trying to think where I should go from here. So as we kind of get ready, it, it, continuing to press into this, what kind of questions come to your mind when you think of healing? Because that will help me guide some of the Biblical perspective to cover here.
2: Yeah. Got a man here who prays boldly for healing. And I, I, I would love to know the
1: boldness that he's praying from. Mm-hmm. So, Dwayne's son is a fiery individual who <laughs> definitely knew how to uh, just preach with boldness at all times. He was inspiring to all of us. Um, and it's always it's hard to process when someone who will so boldly pray for the healing of others passes from their own sickness. Um, But that, that is a powerful inspiration. Um, You hear stories of all time where sick people are healing sick people (laughs) and the person who was sick is still sick, but God has used them in their humility and their littleness to, to heal others. And once you start seeing that happen, Uh, I I would almost say, especially because Dwayne's saying he hasn't seen that many, I I could probably say the same. I guess if I was put a ratio, the amount of times I pray for people and see them healed, the percentage is probably low. But it's high enough that I can say, look, I don't have control over this. God does. I'm going to pray. And maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But I know God can do it. And so I'm coming with that faith. And that takes me into another thing that... I always need to fix when I talk about this subject because you also have this movement of word of faith, uh, which is this idea like if I have enough faith, someone will be healed. Again, the idea is, do I have my faith in Jesus that someone will be healed? If your answer to that is yes, then you have enough faith. By the way, that faith can be the size of a mustard seed. Apparently, that can move a mountain. So I don't know how much faith that is, but it's not very much. I don't know how much faith Lazarus had when he was raised from the dead, but he probably didn't have any because he was dead. So <laughs> as far as like, do I absolutely need like a percentage of faith or a level meter telling me that I'm going to see this person healed? The answer is, is no. Uh, that, that's not the point of having faith To see people healed. It's the same thing with salvation. Can I save myself? Absolutely not. Can I have my faith in Jesus that he saves me? Yes. Do I need a percentage level of faith in Jesus for me to be saved? No. I believe with the mustard seed even level of faith that he saves me. Therefore I am saved. There's nothing I can do. Can I heal this person? No. Do I have faith in Jesus even a mustard seed that he can Yes, so I'm going to pray. Is it going to happen? Maybe, maybe not. And some of the reasons not might be um, different levels of healing, anointing. The Bible, if I remember right, actually talks about healing as gifts of healing. Uh, and it seems like you see this in modern day examples. So, and I almost wonder if you see it in the Bible. For example, I'm just curious about this. You know the story with Elijah when he calls down fire from heaven and it burns up the bulls? Uh, I wonder if God deposited in him an anointing to call down fire from heaven simply because several chapters later, he seems to be able to call down fire from heaven at his own will. When an army comes up, it's like, hey, the king wants to talk. He's like, no, dive. And then another army comes up. King would like to talk to you. No, dive. Another <laughs> army comes up. Consider our lives as sacred. <laughs> the king would like to talk to you. Elijah's getting ready to do it again. And the angel of the Lord shows up and says, what are you doing? Just go with them. Like the idea is like, just as we talked about this morning, power and authority has been invested into you and you're using it wrongly. And that you see that with Jesus. Cause when the disciples want to call down fire from heaven on a village, that won't <laughs> let them stay in a hotel for the night. Uh, Jesus rebukes them, which is what he does to demonic thinking or demons themselves. He doesn't say, like, no, we can't do that. He says, like, no, that's not how we use our power. We love one another. So I would suggest to you, Elijah had power and used it incorrectly later. But in the same way that something was possibly given to him that wasn't taken back, I wonder if it's the same with healing. Hey, uh, you have a gift to heal this specific body part. I know that sounds weird, but the story I would use is Heidi Baker. There's a very prevalent ministry among all of the least of these all across Mozambique. She was at a conference when it was just kind of prophesied over her, you are going to be able to heal deaf ears. And she says, so I looked for every deaf person I could find, and I prayed. And she says... um, All of them got saved, but none of them got healed. I'm like, oh, so sad for you, Heidi. Uh, (laughs) You just had a 100% salvation ratio. Uh, But um, she kept praying because she was told not that she would be able to heal everything that comes her way, but she would be able to heal ears. Finally, it started to happen. She kept pressing into the gift until finally one day, uh, not because she worked up enough faith. I just say like she probably went through a testing period of God giving you the gift, how much you want it, you know. Um, that's just my guess. Uh, but one day it started to happen. And now she has this gift where often when she runs into deaf people, it tends to open. They use it in their ministry. They go to villages where no one knows who Jesus is. They ask for the deaf to come up. Nobody comes up because they're deaf. <laughs> but eventually this, the city's like, okay, where's our deaf people? Hey, you, she's, she's calling you. They go up. They all know they're deaf. She, she speaks into one ear while praying for them until finally they're repeating the words that she's saying. They get healed in front of everyone. Everyone comes to Jesus because everyone just saw this person that they know who's been deaf their whole life, experience a power that they don't understand. But now they'll worship this Jesus. Does she have the power to heal all things? No, but she's got a pretty good ratio on the gift of healings as it pertains to ears. Does that mean that she doesn't pray for all things? I'd say she prays for everything. Is my guess because God, she still has a faith. God could do it, um, but does she always see it? I don't know. Um, yeah, sorry. Just
3: answered my second
2: question, which was the why. Like, what? What's the purpose of this gift? Yeah. Today, mm. then now. Yeah, that was
1: good. Yeah, I know one scholar at Asbury Seminary. He likes to promote the fact that these kind of gifts seem to happen a lot in areas that don't know about Jesus. I don't know that I would go so far as to say like that is uh, a statistic that needs to be thought of in that way. But I would say like it make again, it's a missional gift that's our focus today. Like these things are for mission. At the same time, a lot of if you've prayed for healing before, you have most likely eventually used the sentence, God, would they know you're real by you healing them? And apparently God is not compelled necessarily that that he has to do that so that they will recognize him. Perhaps he has another way that he wants them to come around. Um, But nonetheless, it is a missional gift. It does bring people to Jesus when they see it. it, brings families sometimes to Jesus when they see it. Uh, where everybody in the family would be like, we knew our mom was sick. Now we believe in Jesus. You know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, other questions.
4: Faith is an exercise. The more you exercise, the more. You... Yeah. So maybe that's an inspiration from that lady that kept praying mm-hmm. for the years. Mm-hmm. If you know someone one day, or God told you, or. Like, you've got the message Then you will
3: just
1: years down
4: the road you will. Yeah. Just get
1: up and do it. And keep doing it. Yeah. I would say all these gifts are exercises and I think that's where a lot of people don't have an easy way to get into these gifts It's because in their mind they think I either have it or I don't have it. But here's what Paul said. He said, look, I wish you all spoke in tongues. I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in a service... That spiritual gift isn't really serving a purpose if no one understands what I'm saying. I would rather you speak in five words everyone understands than use that particular gift taking up everyone's time. Um, But then he goes on to say like a gift that would be more appropriate, a gift that I wish that you would desire to use is prophecy because those are in your native language. God speaks to you about something and you speak it out over other people. And if he's telling you to eagerly desire it, the implication, again, is you currently don't have it, but I want you to pray that you receive it, uh, which means you have to exercise it. Now, I know that sounds weird. How would I exercise prophecy? But, uh, you know, ask the same thing about a piano. I've never walked up to a piano, looked at it and said, man, I wish I could play that. But one day maybe I'll have the gift. (laughs) All right, see you. Like I walk away, right? No, I have to actually put my fingers on it. I have to start hitting notes, see what blends together. I might have to learn how to read music. If I eagerly desire to actually play that thing, I've got to try. And if I don't try, then quite honestly, I don't eagerly desire it at all. Same thing with prophecy. Here's what you do for prophecy. And this is what Stephen's teaching right now, I imagine. Hey, what happened? How how do the prophets hear God? It doesn't seem to be that... The audible voice of God just dropped into their mind. Rather, they learned the sons of prophets who would group together, probably teaching one another. Hey, here's what I do. You should try this. See if it works for you. Oh yeah, I'll try that. "Mm, No, God didn't speak to me there. Okay, we'll try it again. Okay, maybe is this is this God? Well, that sounds like somebody was saying. like it. That's growing in a, an exercise of prophecy in the same way, faith, right? I've got to exercise. Okay. Yesterday I prayed that someone's migraine would go away today. I want to find a broken arm. <laughs> like I'm, I'm growing in the exercise. Uh, furthermore, if you don't pray for people to be healed, you will never see people be healed. And so you will not be exercising it. You will not be growing in faith. And you will never expect anyone to be healed. And this is why spiritual gifts tests are not all that helpful. <laughs> because when you get to that part, it's like, how many people have you seen healed? The real question is, how many people have you prayed to be healed? Because yeah. if you're like zero, I haven't seen anyone healed. It's like, well, have you prayed? No. Well, of course you haven't seen people be healed. You at least got to try a hundred times first. You might see one, and that's at least a 1% success ratio. <laughs> so these are just... There's some things to think about. Uh, Other, yeah, Peggy. I
3: know in our our ministry, we've had a lot of people we've prayed for. Some got healed, some didn't. You know, Mm -hmm. God is sovereign. And he heals no matter what. It's just not always our way. We like the instant. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it heals in different ways. But we had a teaching on the mustard seed. The mustard seed, though it's small, they tried everything to change it. They put it in extreme cold, they put it in extreme heat, they tried to graft it, they tried every which way, and their conclusion was, as a mustard seed, is a mustard seed, is a mustard seed. I think our faith is what we have faith in, and we don't let anything destroy our faith. So when we're praying for healing, or miracles, or whatever, if it doesn't happen the way we want it, we can't let that destroy our faith or our belief because God, is his He has a purpose. I have two children who are alive. One is Michael. He should have died before he was six, but God had other plans and he healed him. My daughter had birth defects. He was healed. I've been physically healed. And then there's times that I fight an autoimmune disease that God hasn't healed. And I couldn't understand why. And he just said, I'm using it. You know, it's kind of like a thorn of your flesh. Someday he's going to heal me. I believe that. How, when, where, or why is up to him. I just have to stand and believe that he is a sovereign God. And he can do these things. It's whether or not it's the timing or the place or is there unbelievers that he wants to reach. Because signs and miracles and wonders and all that are for the unbelievers. The Bible states that. But I think at times because we have unbelief we see all these things happening. It should be common. We shouldn't even question it. If the Spirit says pray for this person healing we shouldn't question it
1: we should just do it and then the results are God's not ours yeah yeah you put your faith in Jesus not in yourself and you know we don't always get the way that we want but I have good news for you neither did Jesus right? right one of the weird stories of healing with Jesus is when he went to his hometown said he wished he could do more works there but there wasn't enough faith and the idea, again, isn't that like people didn't uh, he didn't have enough faith to heal people. It's nothing like that. My guess is everyone's like, right, it's a carpenter's boy he thinks he's so famous and now he's back in town and all these crowds have been following him, you know, jealousy, anger. Uh, they're not happy with how he's now got this religious following when he has no training in that background. And so nobody wants to go ask for prayer from him. And so it says he could only heal a few people, which bad day for Jesus is a good day for us. But nonetheless, like he was, if he would have had his way, the whole town would have been healed. Because that's what was happening everywhere else. Because common expression used, I think it's throughout Mark, maybe Matthew, is he healed every disease and every sickness. And one of the sicknesses that he would heal was demons. That got uh, kind of lumped in as like a, a sickness that would come around. Now, obviously, that's like a spiritual sickness, and there's a physical sickness, but the way the Bible lumps those things together, honestly, it, it seems to be saying, like, kind of intertwined sometimes. Goes up, tells a mutant deaf spirit to leave it, a person, it leaves, and now they can hear and, and speak. Like, the demon was causing a sickness. He's healed of the demon, he's healed of the sickness. Um, and so you see moments where, like, I have to address, is this physical sickness? Is this spiritual sickness? And sometimes it's really, really hard. Uh, me and Myesha went to pray for um, someone we knew who was just sounding psychotic, like completely different person. Things they were saying sounded very spiritual-oriented. Uh, they had been studying to go into ministry, Um, They also sounded very, like, psychotic, but also at the same time, spiritual. And, like, we're like, do we have to go just cast out, like, a legion of demons or something? Like, we don't even recognize this person. Likewise, like, he was texting me one morning all these things that he was seeing in the room and and things that, like, his phone was controlling itself and doing all this stuff i'm like i've heard of demons doing stuff like this before so i'm like but i also know psychosis can lead to this and so i'm like what what am i doing so like we go and we pray and no demon ever manifests makes itself known uh he seems more at peace while we're praying but nothing like that ever seems to happen so we're like okay (laughs) so we leave Uh, But things continue. We come back. We pray again, trying to cast out demons. Nothing shows up. Trying to pray if it's just uh, the brain acting up. Nothing happens. Uh, And we just, like, we leave that space really confused as to what we're dealing with. Because your brain is a muscle too, right? If your brain is sick, it's going to look psychotic. Likewise, if you have demons doing some things to you, you're going to look psychotic. Even the Jews thought Jesus had a demon. Uh, they, um, Jesus at one point is like, sorry, Abraham was excited to see my day. <laughs> and they're all like, what, you've met Abraham? He's like, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, I'm Yahweh. Yeah, I knew Abraham. I was there back then. Uh, um, it's a weird passage. But, like, they're all like, you have a demon. Like, that's their response. Why did they think he had a demon? Because they thought he was a psychopath for the words that he just said. So, it's very commonplace to think that because someone's got mental illness issues, there might be a demon connected. But, did Jesus have a demon because he looked like he had mental issues to them? No. It's not always connected. Your brain gets sick. It can look demonic, but it's not. And so there's this real discernment. The good news is whether it's physical or demonic, Jesus still is the answer. And everywhere he went, whether it was a fever, a demon, uh, getting someone who hadn't walked in 38 years to stand up and walk, like he had control over all of it. As he goes around doing this, he shows us ultimately what's ahead of us is healing. Ultimately what's ahead of us is the fullness of God's kingdom being restored With resurrected bodies that Paul says, uh, like the body we have now is like a seed planted in the ground. One day we will put on that which is immortal and imperishable. The resurrected body on the new earth is like the ultimate healing. It's this kind of immortality ahead of us. That's the ultimate healing. And So every time someone gets healed, it's like a call to really like, hey, the resurrection life that's ahead of us, you get to catch a glimpse of it right now. But even those who get healed, they still die. In some ways, I feel bad for Lazarus. <laughs> healed from death, just to have to die again eventually. <laughs> like I had to go through it twice. You know, like that—that that can't be fun. Uh, I had a friend who said, "Like I'm not afraid of death, but I am afraid of dying." And I think a lot of us can kind of feel that in the Christian realm. And Lazarus probably had to face that. That. Maybe it was easier a second time around. I don't know. But like that wasn't the full resurrection. Even his resurrection back into his physical body in this time and place, that was still gonna pass. Jesus was the only one resurrected into the body that we all one day put on where he still lives yep. in that. Yep. Impartition
4: of gifts.
1: Mm. Yeah, so um, one of the passages people would often talk about imparting gifts to others would be Elijah giving Elisha a double portion of his spirit. Um, and Jesus' baptism. Yeah, and Jesus' baptism. Um, but at least with Elijah, it seems like he, he knew that he couldn't do it, but he said, when God shows up, if you see him show up, then you'll know that he's granted you a double portion of my spirit. Um, if you don't see it, then he hasn't granted that impartation of sorts. And even it's with that, it's that... sorry. also the
4: uh, baptism
1: of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everywhere they go, when they lay hands on them and Acts, tongues often shows up. It's not every time. Tongues is a normative experience. In other words, it's normal. It does happen. Uh, sorry. It is a normal experience. In other words, when you pray for someone... You should actually expect the possibility that tongues will happen. If you look at the Bible, it does. It is a normal experience. However, it is not normative, which is to say it will happen when you pray for people. Even Paul says not everyone has every gift. Not everyone speaks in tongues. So don't expect everyone to speak in tongues. Um, But yeah, there seems to be the biblical possibility of like these impartations of gifts. Um, And it seems that in my own life, I had a friend... Who, uh, is one of my best friends and we like the same kinds of things And I just I never knew if I had like a kind of gift at all related to music you see some things like that in the Bible where David writes prophetic music where David plays his harps and demons run away um, from Saul so you see that possibility but like I prayed like God would you just give my friend a double portion I was thinking of that verse I just as a blessing on him. And I got jealous real quick when suddenly he got better at everything <laughs> that
2: <laughs> that I did. I was like, what is
1: happening? And I would remember back to that prayer, like, maybe impartation is a thing. I don't know, <laughs> maybe. At the same time, I don't think he's following uh, Jesus anymore, which, you know, saddens my heart. But if so, it seems he still has that power and authority. <laughs> and like, At least like the gifting of music, maybe not like the Holy Spirit guiding necessarily, but he's he's still got all the knowledge that he had there before, to say the least. Um, And so maybe he could go on to use what was once given to him in a wrong way. I would say Elisha probably did that with his double portion. The first thing he did was some kids made fun of him for being bald, And he called out she-bears to kill them. (laughs) Remember this story? Like, I think if Jesus is like, don't call down fire from heaven, he's probably like, don't use your double portion to make she-bears, whatever that even is, (laughs) kill kids when they make fun of you. (laughs) Like, that's... I think, again, the Bible just shows you power and authority being granted and then perhaps being used incorrectly sometimes. Um, Other questions or... Stories or comments at the moment. So, yeah,
2: you're when you were praying for the person that you didn't know. Mm. What's it? You're you're pretty much saying, cover all the bases, you know. And and, and in the name of Jesus, if this person is possessed, we we cast you out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to. Um, What you need to be careful of is like making a person think that they you know have a demon when even you don't know um so like for me for ken who can't be here today what he would say is he actually doesn't really ever call demons out that much he just waits for the spirit to manifest enough that it drives it forward and then he takes care of it uh and some of his understanding on that which i think makes sense is like that shows you God has a timing to like this needs to be taken care of now. Whereas other people, if you cast a demon out of them too early and they're not ready to fight, I know this sounds counterproductive, but Jesus says when you cast a demon out, it goes through waterless places, which he maybe is referring to deserts because deserts, demons were always thought to dwell in deserts. Um, they go through waterless places, they get their friends, and then they come back and they try to move back in. Which And then he says, and then the person that you cast a demon out of is like 10 times worse than they were before because now they've got even more problems. So I think there is wisdom to say, like, you know, if the Holy Spirit's not bringing this up and I'm trying to drive something out way before I should. If this person hasn't like built the like repertoire to face this. So like someone heavy with addiction, like, okay, you want me to cast out a demon uh, related to alcoholism? All right. Do you have the things in place to fight this once it's gone? Because once it comes back and pushes on you, if you just let this back in, you could be a whole lot worse off. So ironically, you try to heal someone and you make it worse. I know it sounds weird, but I'm just taking the Bible at face value what it says. Yeah. So I am of the mindset. This is the mindset I am of. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives all the gifts. He can give more gifts if he wants to. If I come in contact with something related to a spiritual gift, I'm going to pray and see what happens. I may get to the point where I have to call someone, hey, I know you have this gift. Please come and pray for this. But for me, I always believe that God could give me more even in this moment. Or maybe even just for a moment, open me up to the possibility of being able to do this even if it doesn't stay. So... Um, For me, if I come in contact with a demon, uh, I'm going to try to cast it out. I'm going to try to discern what it is um, and see if God grants me the space to do that. Uh, But likewise, if someone else is in the room who can discern that, that's helpful. And I've seen discernment in a lot of different ways. It's hard to say when he says discerning spirits what he means by that. Is that like human spirit, like you can sense that someone else has something going through their mind probably not that um is it the discernment of hey this demon's connected to a mutant deaf spirit hey this demon's connected to um sexual sin this demon's connected to this what am i supposed to uh, is it discernment like that or is it the kind of discernment that i've seen in some people where they walk into a room and they're like this is a heavy atmosphere it needs to be cleaned out there's stuff here is it that kind of discernment? Um, which, you know, at least around here, we have gunshots all the time. We've got drugs all over the place. I live two blocks from here. I remember when I moved in, I think it was pretty heavy atmosphere. And that's my life. So it feels pretty normal now. I had two Spring Arbor students come here. And they're like, man, you need to... <laughs> it's, it's heavy around here. I'm like, huh. Yeah, that's my normal life. I guess I just forgot. <laughs> but I've also walked into spaces. Ben knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got the police outside your neighborhood pretty much every other night. Um, but there's also times where I walk into spaces like, oh, it just feels really free in here. I was at a conference last year. It was a secular conference about good things. But when I started hearing the presenters and the ways that they were talking, not only did I like discern this is actually like satanic methods in an angel of light kind of way, but I also just felt like this real heaviness in the room, like I'm like, I don't even feel like I'm in the presence of like a few demons. like I feel like one of those princes and principalities is like here in the room being worshipped right now. Could I ever prove that? Absolutely not. But did I just have this feeling that like there was more going on here and did what I watched throughout that week match it? It kind of did. And so like, I have to work with what I can, but it takes time. And sometimes the discernment processes the growing in it. Hey, uh, if a demon manifests, you might like get to the point of like, why are you here? What is your connection? Tell me in the name of Jesus. And it might give you the answer. It might not. And if it gives you the answer, you just use the Holy Spirit's power over this to discern what you now need to do. And so you're praying, God, this is why it's here. Give me wisdom as to how I'm going to remove this now. I need to break a chain somewhere as to how it got in in the first place. So that, that can be... Again, I guess I'm showing like discernment can be practiced... It's also a gift that's given, but it's also a gift that could always possibly be given. So sure, find someone, if you can't do it, find someone who can, but don't be opposed to learning it. Myesha heard me talk about demons all the time. I've cast out two, but uh, she hadn't. And then she went and started a church for people caught in addiction. It's a recovery church down the road. And since then, it seems like she's casting out demons every few months that that she'll come in contact with. She didn't know how to do that when it started. And there's people in that church who are like, I'll work with you. But like she's also just going off of, what has Jamin taught me in the past? How do I do this? And so she's kind of learning as it goes along. By the way, demons is like the next segment. So <laughs> I'm getting a bit off track here. Uh, but yeah, so... Demons are one of the one of the things that can be looks like healing, say the least. Um, I'll try to stop talking about it so I can bring that up later. Did you have a question? No? No.
2: What what I kind of sense is, I mean, I I like to pray with boldness because God's able. I believe in He sets to come boldly before the throne. Mm. Um, and if it doesn't, it's up to God anyway. You know, we just we just present it. Mm. I mean, we're not doing it Am I right? We're not doing the healing. It's it's God's doing the healing, and He might use us. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right.
1: Yeah, I'm still kind of working with that in my mind because again, power and authority invested into you—it seems like you could use it wrong on some of these other stories. So is it? It's always the Holy Spirit. He's the one who does it. But at the same time, uh, it might be a gifting given to you. In the same way that he trusts you to live your everyday life for him he gives you power that he trusts you to use correctly as well and so i'm still in a discerning process of trying to understand how that all works but well, let me know <laughs> okay. once i solve the bible i'll be in touch yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah peggy i think there's different spiritual
3: gifts you're born with spiritual gifts god gives you spiritual gifts jesus has his spiritual gifts Holy Spirit comes and goes. He likes whatever the need is. He'll pick whoever He chooses. So you're not always have those kind of gifts. But if you're born with a gift, um, you know it. And you can abuse it or you could use it. I've seen both ways where they use their gifts for bad instead of good. But I think the problem we have is separating the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a very fine line type thing, and it's something you need to really study on, and um, I still don't know everything. But I do know I have gifts that are in me, that the Father gave me, that I need to use um, and not bury. Because we're bearing those gifts. But I also know there's times that the Holy Spirit comes on me. And I know to pray, sometimes it says just walk away. Because it's not the right time and stuff. But I think it's just separating those gifts that gets us confused. Because we intertwine them as one and they're not.
1: Yeah, even the Bible's not super clear about gifts. Uh, By the way, Paul, every time he gives you a list of the gifts, the list is different. (laughs) So it's like Paul obviously wasn't like, ah, chapter one. Here's the lists of all It's more like he's just kind of skip on You know there's this gift and this gift And this gift and this one And then he does it again later and he's added in a few You're like wait hold on those are gifts too Which means I don't think the Bible is exhaustive As to how many spiritual gifts there are Because if Paul wanted to ramble in some more letters He probably would have thrown in a few more That he was Just didn't put in his His other lists Uh, And even like the first spiritual gift In the entire Bible Anybody know what it was? Uh, so that would be early That would be early in the Gospels But back in the Old Testament mm-hmm. First spiritual gift I
4: heard your, the, the, the What was it? The, the craftsman stuff.
1: Yeah, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, because you're cheating <laughs> You heard me talk about that last week Yeah, craftsmanship I just heard it too Yeah, it's, uh, oh, I always forget his name A ah, Holy Ab and I don't know. That's probably uncorrect at all. Anyways, when they're getting ready to build the temple, i uh, sorry, not the temple, tabernacle, God's tent where he dwells. This is supposed to be a mini Eden, it's supposed to be a just like uh, God builds a cosmos and then locates himself in Eden on the earth. When they're building the tabernacle, it's supposed to be a mini representation of what Eden is because his presence is here in this spot. And you see this because the language it uses when they're building the tabernacle echoes God creating the earth. So it's supposed to like, hey, God's presence is coming here just as it wasn't needed. But not just any person can build a sacred space like that. And so the way in which it's set up is God says, I've gifted this guy over here with all knowledge of all craftsmanship to be able to build all the things that I need inside of this place. So, you know, like. That wasn't in Paul's list. Ah, you and the gift of craftsmanship, (laughs) whether you might call that born with or a spiritual gift. Whatever the case might be, there's obviously more uh, out there. And like, would Paul distinguish that guy's level of craftsmanship to be the same as his level of craftsmanship? Since I think he built tents as a side job, he might say that those were not the same things. Was Jesus's craftsmanship as a carpenter the same level as that guy's? You know, like... There's just some questions as to where is – because if you see a craftsman, you wouldn't necessarily look at every one and be like, wow, that's a gift. But I've seen like some wood carvings where I'm like, holy cow. Now, Rachel, like uh, she she does art and she was talking the other day about how like when she's uh, painting some things, like you can just really sense God's presence there. And I've seen her pictures, and I'm like, wow, there's a real gifting like right here in, in what she's doing. Not everyone can take these, these kinds of pictures. I'll experience that sometimes with artistic projects that I work on, whether it's writing music or writing a book. Um, I have one book called Alien Theology, and the way that that came to be. First off, I'm a nerd. That's why we do nerd church. <laughs> And nerds like to talk about sci-fi and the possibility. Would God make more? Things like that. So I'm like, a lot of pastors won't address this question. I'm a nerd pastor, so I will address the question for you. Anyways, that book came about. I had a dream one night that I wrote a book about God and aliens. And I woke up and I wrote everything down. And then I wrote the book in like the next month or two. (laughs) It's not very long. But like... The pace at which I wrote that was without without feeling overburdened even. It, there almost felt like a spiritual vigor or energy as though maybe, maybe, I won't claim that for sure. Maybe I was being called in to do this uh, to help answer some questions for someone out there who is struggling to connect dots between science and religion. His
2: name is Will. What's the name of the book?
1: <laughs> Alien, Alien Theology. And it's, he can do audiobook book or, or the book. book. I don't have it here because I didn't want you all to see Jamin wrote a book about aliens and never come back.
2: <laughs>
1: that person exists and he lives yeah. with
2: me every other week right now.
1: Perfect. So. Well, really, most of the book's about science, To be honest, it's uh, it's, and a lot of people in the Christian realm would struggle with a lot of the conclusions that I draw from this. Our very first uh, series at Nerd Church was over this book. Um, But you should know this. I'm a very if all you saw me today is the things that I've been saying and hear about cosmic forces. And laying your hands to be healed in fire from heaven you 'd be really confused when you met me on another night where i 'm like i don 't have a problem with evolution and all these things'd be like, "Who are you?" you know like uh, I, for me it 's just reading the Bible and trying to comprehend what God is trying to say to an ancient culture, how that relates to today 's culture, and as a pastor, trying to bridge gaps between all that so i 'm a little bit of My friend wrote a poem about me in high school about how I'm a contradiction. I don't know if that was an insult or a compliment, but... (laughs) Contradiction is what I aim for, I guess. Um, Anyways, we sidetracked again. We don't even have a segment on that. What were we talking about? Healing? Right. Uh, Other comments, questions, thoughts, stories? I do know... Look, the ratio at which I don't see people healed is a lot higher, you know? Uh, And you gotta get used to that. Uh, That shouldn't stop you from praying for people. Shouldn't cause you to doubt God either. He obviously has the power. Um, But you saw in this morning's message, the world is not that simple. Um, Who knows? Maybe you're trying to pray for someone to be healed, but... Some kind of force is at work to try to prevent that from happening. The stories that we looked at this morning are odd. Why is Job's life so good? It's actually because God has set him up to have it so good. Uh, what happens if Satan could just break in a little bit? Well, his entire life falls apart, he's allowed to touch everything but him. Um, yeah. Do you
3: think? part of why we don't see as many or read about as many healings today as we did back then is because back then it wasn't just the big healings that took place. Mm. Like we, like you we talked about, Jesus healed, you know, a fever or a headache as well as, you know, major illnesses.
1: Yep. Um... So, on one hand, if you go to any country outside of the West, you'll see this stuff everywhere. So, to a certain extent, it seems to be the enlightened Western world that lacks these stories on a regular basis.
2: And we think too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, we think too much. A lot of us don't believe in demons, so we don't know how to address it even if it was there. Um, uh, But a lot of... This, always, this blows some like, scholars and theologians' minds because they live in America or Britain and they've worked on all this stuff about how the world actually is. And then they just go visit another country <laughs> and they see the stuff that's in the Bible happening in front of them. And they have to go back and be like, what do I believe again? Like, you know, if, if we were to go to another country and be like, demons aren't real, they would just look at us like we're insane. Um, And that's partially, and yeah, maybe you can speak to this. I'm not sure what the spiritual climate is in Brazil. What
4: do you trust? What what are you dependent on? Who do you go to? Where is your boat? You always have a boat to go back to? I mean, these people, I'm from Brazil. I Mm. lived in Vegas for 17 years then I went to Brazil for seven, then I'm here. Uh, But while we were in Brazil, I have three kids. Uh, now, one is thirteen, eight, and 7. The hospital, it was a small city. The hospital, you cannot trust. Yeah. Okay, to, to 100, you cannot trust. All you have to rely is Jesus. Is Jesus. You have to believe and you have to want him. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? I want to be healed. If you want to heal me, I'll heal you. Okay, you heal. go that's simple it's that simple but you have to trust for instance my 12 year old or any my kids get sick in in james it says go to the church get the the elder whatever get the oil and pray and they'll be healed simple do it you have to do it so every time somebody gets sick oh my knee hurts my daughter was severely allergic to milk she can she could not have one drop of milk in her hand she got healed now she drinks milk like there is no tomorrow and like oh my my knee hurts my daughter's knee mom it hurts so much it's all the thing is like getting really bad and we don't know what's happening wait before we take you to the doctor let's go to the pastor's house and get his mom get the people let's put some it, it pray didn't need to go to the hospital the whole knee started to go back and she get out uh, running or you go to the service and whoever is preaching started feeling some icky in the belly and says somebody here has a disease or some here in this area and they go me so they go there and they pray Bleh! the whole thing comes out you know like literally they vomit though and, and sometimes it's not just cancer it's some like witchcraft whatever hair and things come out and you see that that's every day not you know not because they don't have service every day right but when it happens it happens
0: i know pastor mike just talked about when he went over and it's a reality
4: every day it does happen it's just here you don't see much yeah
1: but and it does, I mean, does happen here go too look
4: for people that are in prison like in their own house in their own shell anyway what happened maybe a, a person did a, a, a reverse prayer or a bad thought or something or a witchcraft whatever it can get someone really bad but you pray over it mm-hmm. cuss it out it
1: will come out yeah so there's like an example of another culture yeah. being a very different from ours and i i least find here in america if you do start praying for these things and you do start pushing into it you'll start seeing it enough that it may not always feel like it would feel somewhere else but your whole perspective changes, and you do start to have the stories. Rachel, you're gonna say something. I
5: was just gonna say, I feel like here, like in America, we have just so many reservations about things, like socially. I don't know. Personally, too, I do, because I'm very introverted and like have a hard time having boldness to just go up to somebody I don't know and be like, "Can I pray over you?" You know, it's really hard for me to do that. Um, but when I've been other places, like you were saying, like when people, all they have is to rely on Jesus, like, I went to Kenya last summer, for the whole summer, and, like, people were literally casting out demons at the church service, and I was, like, <laughs> kind of yeah. sitting there, like, what's going on, you know? But it's because I just, I've never seen that, but it's so normal there. Like they, yeah. he's like, you know, you might see some crazy stuff today, <laughs> and then we go, and yeah, I saw some crazy stuff. So yeah. it's just, I feel like we're just so reserved, um, and like if we actually had the courage to like go out and do those things, then it would happen more. But
1: yep. yeah, I? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one thing I'm just, I don't know, I guess
0: I, I wonder, I think rather. like she you know they're, they're putting their trust in jesus mm-hmm. and we are putting our trust in ourselves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think that we need to turn that focus around to okay. jesus and we would see more stuff you know um and you know the the worries that we carry around um to put those at, at Jesus' feet and, and let him take care of those because we can't do that. We sit there, we, you know, we, we get anxiety, and I speak from experience. <laughs> we get anxiety and we worry and we worry and it takes off all of our um, our thoughts. And our thoughts should be focused on Jesus and what he can do. And I think in our culture, that is, you know, we've got all the, these technological leaps, and well, what Oh, we can we can cure cancer. We don't yeah. need God. We, you know, you know what I'm saying. And if we're we're continually putting um, ourselves in that, um, okay, well, um, I mean, even praying over somebody. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna this person well it's not us we need to put that focus on Jesus and what he he can do what he will do Um, and I think that in other countries where this is actually happening they are trusting Jesus they you know and I think we have forgotten that
1: Yeah. yeah I mean let's face it in our society fact that eventually we're going to a doctor is always in our mind. Right? So we're always gonna be praying with the let's try this first real quick <laughs> yeah. before we get to the real thing. Whereas with Brazil, you know like, we're gonna take care of this first, then we'll talk about the doctor. And the people who
4: don't believe in Jesus think you're crazy. <laughs> but my mom, she didn't accept Jesus yet, she goes, what say what? You going where? Yeah, that's a the pastor. So sometimes I don't even tell her not to bother. We
2: are leaving to get her healed. I'm not
1: explaining what we are going. And I, I got no problem with doctors. I mean what, well, Luke. Yeah, they Luke was a hands. physician, they're right? He travelled around with Jesus and that could even be like a another gifting of healing. You might be able to look at it in that light. Um but uh you, you need to be smart too, you know, like and that, I mean, that goes into some other interesting stories. I think uh, Ken was praying with this guy to be healed one time. Guy falls to the ground. Like, he's he's pretty much, this is the last chance. He's either going to be healed or he's going to die. He's praying with them. And as he prays, the guy, like, falls to the ground, which is a common experience. My Isha's probably talking about it in the Science and Wonders class. Um, the only time you really see that in the Bible is when God's presence enters the temple. It says it was so thick that people couldn't stand up. I don't know if that's the same thing, but anyways, that's one possibility. Um, but they're praying and then uh guy falls to the ground, starts shaking, and they're just all excited. You know, they're like, yeah, it's gonna be healed. God's doing something. Like this is this is cool, we're excited to see what God does. And when he comes off the floor, like, huh, oh, how do you feel? You know, what happened? And the guy just says, God told me every person that I need to make amends with. And he spent the next week going around and fixing every situation, and then he died. Was that a healing? A different
0: kind of healing than we were expecting.
1: But a healing, yeah. So here's... What was that? Like the guy that the four friends brought in from yeah.
4: the room,
1: mm-hmm. your, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, your sins are forgiven. That's yeah, easy. yeah. Well, that's a good point. Um, Brian, are you okay if I share a little bit of your story? Go ahead. Yeah, so Brian, uh, it's just so good to see him here today. I remember when we announced that we were doing Reveal Jackson, his wife just told me straight. He's like, she's like, uh, we bought our two tickets, hoping Brian's alive by then. <laughs> it was like, how morbid. Like, <laughs> don't, don't talk like that. But Brian's had pancreatic cancer, which is more or less like a death sentence. Uh, you got that. It's been a year, year, year. Um, I grew up with Brian's son. I was over at Brian's house all the time, eating cheese sticks and hanging out in his basement playing video games. I knew him, you know, very well and in his prime. And uh, I think... Myself and anyone in this church, like, we could say, like, we could see the pain he was going through, um, the difficulty eating and uh, just uh, feeling the weight of all that and going through chemo and all these things. Um, and we've just prayed several times and God has not worked the way that we thought he would, uh, but he has worked at first. um they told his son, my friend, who lives in Scotland right now. And they told uh, they told him and his friend, my friend, was at church the next day in Scotland when a guy at his church just turned to him. This isn't even a charismatic church. He just turned <coughs> and said, do you know someone named Brian? I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you and him. He's like, uh, yeah. Like, this is a day after he received that. So, like, we're like okay, God's doing something, you know, let's keep praying into this. Uh, we had a healing service, um, and we prayed for him for a long time. Things, Some strange things happened. We prayed into that. I think if I heard right, you felt like something had shifted that night. Um, but one of the most interesting shifts in the whole thing uh, was that while we were praying, um His wife was woken up in her sleep one night, and she's starting to learn about spiritual gifts. And She just had this statement in her head that the answer is immunotherapy. She didn't know what to do with that. She Googled it. Nothing online really about cancer and immunotherapy. Like, this is just not helpful at all. Um, So she just holds on to that word, but, you know, it doesn't sound like it's God. It doesn't line up with anything. Half a year to nine months go by, and a doctor's talking to him. And he says, you know, with the cancer you have, it seems like uh, immunotherapy might actually be able to help this. After months of dealing with this, and you're on that right now. You're still here. Your cancer marker when all this started was 14,000? 15,000. Now you're at Twelve. Is that a healing God orchestrated a lot of this but it's still not at zero but he also wasn't miraculous well okay he was miraculously he- healed your numbers were dropping significantly as we prayed it was breaking down walls yeah and so like we kept watching it drop and then we'd like stall out hit these walls it's like okay What are we waiting for? What do we have to do? Don't we not praying the right way? What magical incantation of a sentence do I need to say to, you know? And then this immunotherapy comes in finally and brings it down the rest of the way. Like this, this should be a weird story to you. This is like, why did God choose this way? I don't know. Maybe he needs more cases of immunotherapy for doctors to see how it's fixing this problem. I don't know how he's working. I don't know if he needs to be like a case for some kind of help in that direction. We don't know what's going on. We've prayed from the spiritual route. We've prayed from a physical route. Everything happens so quick. Fine. And then one day, just suddenly a wall. We don't know how long he has. And then and The doctor did say on my last visit that
2: I'm the only one that had him
1: getting this treatment. Wow.
2: I didn't catch that? He's the only one at
1: U of M getting that treatment. So it's just, it's crazy. So that hasn't been a quick healing. That wasn't a healing in a moment. But it's clear when you look at the whole year of a story, God's orchestrating something. It's clear that there's fruit, perhaps more fruit than some people who just get healed. Uh, The guy over at um, John Wimber who started the Vineyard Movement said there was this girl who would come up to get prayed for And she'd get healed every time. And he was mad at God because she was always sick because of her lifestyle. <laughs> no. He's like, why don't you heal that lady in the wheelchair over there? In this case, this, the grace of God healing this girl every time wasn't bringing fruit to her life. But God was gracious enough to do it. The suffering that these two have gone through in this long healing that God's taken them through. And the fruit, I can speak to that. It's just been incredible. I can watch it. They walk up to you and you can see the fruit from afar. We don't like suffering, but the Bible is full of it. Uh, In fact, Jesus, (laughs) the blessed moment of God sending the dove of the Holy Spirit as the clouds break open and say, This is my son with whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit chases him into the desert to fast for 40 weeks while being tempted by the devil. Like, (laughs) that's... That's the story of the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. Glorious, followed by immense suffering that none of us have probably ever been suffered even to just that little bit. Like, we always want the easy way. And sometimes God has other plans. But the good news is, God is a healer. God can heal. And honestly, some more good news about this segment is, there's much, there's a I can answer a lot of questions because I face them too. But when it comes to teaching, healing, there's not much more I have to say other than if you see a sick person, pray for them (laughs) and something might happen. And you know what? Eventually we are all going to die unless Jesus comes back first to bring us into the resurrection. We are all going to die. That's the ultimate unhealing. We will all face that. And it's madness when we get to the point of saying like everyone will always be healed. It's like when you're praying for a hundred and five year old person, you know, and they're hoping to be healed, like we're at the point of insanity at that point, like no, they may not even want to be here anymore. They might want to go join God, just like Paul did ah if if it was just all over, so I could just go join him already, you know like um so we need to we need to offer this word to God. All right. Um, anybody in here sick right now? We've talked about it. Let's do it. Would, would you guys like prayer? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in this current moment, do you have any pain? Um, a little white like
3: that. Okay. Looks, that's what it does too.
1: Yeah. All right. So one of the things I do just as a tip, I find this very helpful is I say on a scale of one to 10, how much pain are you in right now? Because I want to help them be able to mark as we pray. If it's going down, if it's going up, I'm doing something wrong. But if it's going down, then like we're both getting some affirmation that this is working. And I I pray several times. I don't just do it once and say, okay, well, I guess we brought it down to seven. See you later. You know, like okay, let's pray again, and we'll pray. And sometimes it comes down more. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, But I usually give it as many times as just feels acceptable in the moment. Uh, and then when I'm done, if we're still not at zero, I'll just say, I'm going to say a prayer that is, continues to heal as we leave this place. So, sorry, help me with your name again, Emily. Emily. Um, Jesus often, he talks about the elders laying hands on, anointing with oil. Jesus also shows us, like, it just takes a little bit of faith. And the guy's like, hey, come heal my servants. Like, all right, let's go there. He's like, no, just heal them from here. What do you mean, come to my house, right? She's like, oh. Okay, he's healed them. So um, whether it's distance between you and whoever you're praying for or they're right next to you, you know, uh, I pray. So would you all just stretch out your hands at Emily right now? And you don't have any level of pain that you would. Uh. It's more so just the anxiety that almost it just kind of hurts all over. Okay. And you do feel lightheaded right now? Do you feel it this moment. Okay, let's pray first for the lightheadedness to go away as a sign for the rest. So, God, we just pray over Emily right now. I just pray Your Spirit surround her, begin to um, encapsulate her, and I pray that lightheadedness begin to re- be removed from her mind, from her brain, and the anxiety uh, um, that drives it so forcefully and just can work everything up even into a. Uh, cold sweat of sorts. Um, I pray right now all of that would be removed. All of that would uh, uh, come out. That would be filled with that peace that passes understanding. In other words, a peace that she shouldn't expect to find right now in the midst of all this news, but it's there anyways. I just pray for that to come in. Oh, and uh, anything in the spine, middle of her spine... Um, a warmth right now. I just pray that that would come in and begin to burn out all iniquity, any any pain, uh, any nerve damage or anything like that. Uh, that she would find restoration in this moment, and that she would find healing right now. So God, uh, begin your work now and uh, remove that headache. Just name. Mm. Don't lie to us, because that's not helpful. And do you feel any difference? Oh, well, I couldn't help but like
5: smile. And then, when you first started talking, I kind of got this cool sensation. And then like, as soon as you said that thing about the
1: spine, it's like I could pinpoint exactly where it was. And like, right here? Yeah. Yeah, I felt something in my back. That's why I prayed it. Like I don't know what that means or why, but sometimes God gives a, a little sign in your own body for something. And so there's healing in that. Um, So one more time, let's just pray for God to continue to do that work. So God, so much of this we can't see uh, to put a gauge on it, but we know that you can. We're asking now that when Emily returns to the doctors next and they do the next thing, that they find no problems with their heart, no problem with the nerves, no problem with anything. Holy Spirit, just begin to soak her whole body right now with your heat, burn out all in Affections, all problems, uh, all masses, and restore everything that she would have the heart of a, a very fit young athlete instead of uh, the problem she currently has. We just pray for this miracle now and continue to do that work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, and so that's an example. Some of the ways that we would pray, you pay attention to things that you feel God might be giving you while you do it. Um, you, also, uh, you also might want to pray with your eyes open. Uh, just in the case that you do come across something demonic, the last thing you want to be is sucker punch to the gut. Um, so it's helpful if your eyes are open. In this case, we weren't thinking that at all. But if you are ever sensing it might go that route, it helps to have your eyes open because if you're watching their face kind of contort as though it's manifesting something, you're seeing it, and that's helpful to you. Um yep yeah, sorry. well oh, just
2: something I heard years and years ago mm-hmm. about you gave us authority. if you pray for somebody without the authority to do it, you can be attacked. you ever heard anything like that?
1: um to me that's kind of fancy full charismatic interjection. I can't say it's not true, but I can't say it's necessarily biblical either so but I'm sure you could make a Case. Some uh, some of these things the Bible doesn't fully give you, and you learn by experience, and you have to draw lines. But it's always important to bring the Bible first; otherwise, your experience will rule over any spiritual side of things. Uh, anybody else like uh, prayer? Yep. On behalf of Tina,
2: she has severe migraines.
1: Okay. So our prophetic team said. Uh, they felt like someone needed prayer for healing from chronic headaches or migraines. Is that generally what that is? Mm-hmm. Do you have one right now? No. No, okay. So you have one right now, and it's a chronic as I've well? I've been having migraines for like two weeks. All right, who else has these? All right, yeah, there's always a bunch of you. Yeah, okay. So those of you with chronic headaches Hands, hands up really quick. The rest of you extend a hand in one of those directions. Yeah, Or both. Yeah. God, right now, we just ask your presence to come on these four with their, their headaches that constantly come back. Even go to my wife where she's at work right now with the same thing. We just ask your Holy Spirit begin to dwell richly in them. And begin to burn out everything that is there. Begin to restore muscles and um, bones and spinal columns to the places they need to be. Any accidents, uh, whether in the car or somewhere else, that have caused these. I just pray healing not only over the memory and the moment, but over anything uh, uh, that's continued out of that. God, I just pray that you just increase right now that they would even feel uh, a strong heat covering their head as you begin to move all that out any of them with a headache right now I pray that it be gone any of them that don't have a headache I pray that never come back and I just ask for your complete and total healing over all of these things In Jesus name amen. amen does anybody feel any different or did none of you have one right now? <coughs> Your eyes, what?
5: I get them behind my eyes. Yeah. Really
1: bad,
5: and I get it from my
1: neck. Okay. When you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you feel a little bit of discernible difference, and it's good to. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're ever prayed for like this, like right now we see the start of something. People want to know where those goes. And those testimonies encourage people to continue praying. So it would be good to always come back and be like, I haven't had migraines in a week if that's happened. Likewise, it's helpful to be like, yeah, they're still there. One, because it reminds people we need to keep praying. But two, it also um, helps people see um, just the reality that, uh, um, you know, that they don't go around telling everyone, we saw it healed, when in fact that was not the case. We want to be truthful as Christians. So uh, another thing you might have seen in the past few minutes, I don't work up my prayers into super long prayers or try to just repeat the same sentence a hundred times as though God will hear me if I do, um, or try to find some magical words that blend together. I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to pause, check in, and I'm going to pray again, pause, check in, pray until I'm pretty much done with that. You, you, you can have your total own way of doing these things. It's just simply, it's the practice had my spine just felt warm years ago, I would have been like, what the heck is going on? You know, like, well, that was weird. Maybe I need prayer for healing. <laughs> but instead now, I, from the practice and discernment, it's like, okay, pray into that. That might be a sign uh, for something more. Ken, it was either him or someone he knew, stood up and said, like, there's like a burning in my stomach. Does anyone else have that? And the other person's like, That's me. <laughs> We gotta pray for each other, like, and they did, and I believe it went away after that. So, like, you just gotta pay attention to the discernment process of what God's doing. Okay, we're five minutes over, but Stephen's gonna be more over, so we win. Um, uh, we are gonna get ready for lunch, which will be over here. It's a Little Caesar's pizza and salad. We'll start setting it up. Feel free to talk amongst each other. Uh, it is lunchtime, right, Casey? Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so, feel free to talk amongst one each other what you're learning about, what you're doing. Just don't touch each other's face. And then uh, um, we... Wash Wash your hands before you eat and keep calm.
0: Reveal Jackson.